Welcome to the Cooking for Chemo podcast. I'm Chef Ryan Callahan, your host. And I'm the producer, Jesse Callahan. And the purpose of this podcast is to tackle the eating-related side effects of chemotherapy and discuss practical, real-world solutions to help make your food taste great again. Say that 10 times fast. It's really practical, hard to real say. Practical, real-world solutions. Practical, real-world solutions. Practical, real-world solutions. Practical, real-world solutions. Ah! Okay, too much, too much. <laughs> So in this episode, we're going to talk about smell and its relationship to the eating experience, specifically during chemotherapy. It's a big fancy way of saying, we've talked about all these other senses, right? We talked about your sense of taste. Mm -hmm. We've touched on everything else. So what we're going to really focus down on today is your sense of smell. So as I led into with the previous episode of about Taste, I said everything besides the five flavors. Let's just do a quick recap, right? You, what you can taste is salty, savory, spicy, sour, sweet. Everything beyond that that you actually say you taste, ooh, this tastes delicious and minty and all these other things, that is not taste. That is your sense of smell. Your sense of smell is really fantastic. It's a really great trick. And if it was something that you could buy in an infomercial, I'd sell it to you for $19.99 plus shipping and handling. Your sense of smell is arguably... <laughs> I don't what? even have anything to say to that. You're just silly. You should have seen the look she gave me. She was just like, what? <laughs> there, your, sen your sense of smell is, without a doubt, arguably your most powerful sense. There's a lot of argument from evolutionary biologists that the sense of smell was also the first sense, external sense, to be developed, right? So your sense of smell is unbelievably powerful. It can smell over a trillion unique scents. Mm -hmm. A trillion unique scents. That's also hard to say. That's also hard to say. So a trillion is more than a billion, and it's a heck of a lot more than a million. Your eyes, by comparison, can only see a couple million colors. Okay, that's how powerful your sense of smell is. So what does your sense of smell do? Well, it does a lot of stuff, right? When you drive by the barbecue restaurant, right, you get that mm. smell of that wood smoke and that pork, you know, over the grill, and it's wafting. You can be two blocks away, but you smell that, at least I do. And I'm like, turn to the car, like, come on, let's go get some barbecue right now. You know, I could have just eaten, you know, a massive meal and I'd still want to go eat at that barbecue restaurant. I'm imagining smelling it and I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same thing. You know, if you're grilling bacon, right, it gives out this big aromatic scent. Or if you are, even if you're steaming broccoli, right, you know that these foods are cooking and processing because... These scents or these aromatic qualities, they waft off of the food and they enter your nose and then they are processed and sent to your brain, to this primal part of your brain. It processes it as food smells and dictates that you should be hungry and that you mm, should go eat now, right? Like French fries like or French chocolate fries. cake or chocolate chip cookies. Or, you know, when you go mm. and you look at a house and they, the real estate agent sprays the whole house with fake cookie smell, you know, so that... <laughs> You have these warm feelings about the house that you're looking at. Your sense of smell is unbelievably powerful. And not only does it tell you when to be hungry, right? We buy colognes and perfumes, you know, when we go out on dates. As a matter of fact, there's an entire study of perfumes and, and, and perfumery of what scents are most appropriate for different situations. There's perfumes for dates. There's perfumes for around the house. There's perfumes for the office. And things like that. You would be I surprised. I had no idea. Yeah, I know. That's it's, kind of it's interesting. A whole, it's weird. Sense are in pure <laughs> but I get it. Perfumery is a whole field of study. And it's yeah. because your sense of smell is so unbelievably powerful. It tells you if you find someone attractive. You know, if someone's got bad breath, it tells you if something should be eaten. You know, 
how many times in your life have you looked at the carton of milk, seen that it was two weeks out of date, and still in the genius brilliancy that is us, you know better than that stupid carton. So you grab Don't do that it. thing. Don't do it. You don't rip do it. that label off, no. that top off, and you put that thing. You're, you don't waft it like they taught you in science class from a distance to lightly smell to see if the milk is sour. No, you stick your nose squarely into that jug, and you take a big old whiff. You go, oh, oh right? And that's, oh, that's immediately yeah. what happens, right? It's the worst. You don't just experience that, that bad smell with a, oh, this milk has gone bad, and that's it. You pass on for the rest of your life. No, no. You physically react. It, it makes it's you... It's dramatic. It's a dramatic reaction. Yes. It almost makes you vomit. It makes you grossed out. Yes. And Ill. if you were hungry before that, you're not hungry after you smell spoiled milk, right? I no longer want cereal after I smell spoiled milk. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or fresh brewed coffee, right? In the morning when we have our coffee pot go off, all of a sudden the coffee pot goes off. And, you know, about 10 minutes later, that, that smell of coffee starts waking me up slowly from sl dream slumber land, right? Yes. So I guess what I'm arguing here is that smell can build your appetite from a distance, and smell can also diminish your appetite from a distance, right? Okay. So the way that your sense of smell works, and we're going to do a little experiment here, mm -hmm. is basically there's these little things called odors, and these odors, they get basically sent into the air, and those little odors, they travel into your nose and they hit these receptors and that goes into your brain. So, but that doesn't tell you really much about it, right? So let's go ahead and experience it. So okay. we use them in our cooking and they really come into play in herbs and spices. So okay. we're going to do a so little... So what's the difference between an herb and a spice? Well, it's highly technical and I okay. think people will be bored, but I'll, I'll keep it kind of... Just a quick... Real simple. Quick explanation. So a great way to remember it is that herbs and spices are like this. Um... Spices are the nuts, the roots, or the bark of some kind of plant. And the herbs are the leaves, the stems, so on and so forth, the leafy herbaceous parts. So uh, roses are red, violets are blue, herbs are green, and freshest too. It's so like plants are herbs. All plants. Like, and then anything else would be a spice. Exactly, pretty much. Like garlic is technically a spice because it's, it's a bulb. You know, uh, cumin is made by crushing the seeds of the cumin plant, right? So okay. then you've got fresh coriander, which is also fresh cilantro, okay? Mm -hmm. Those are the leaves and that's an herb, but coriander, the seeds that come off of it, off of that plant, are actually a spice. So, entirely technical, like I said, but the way you use them is different. Typically spices are used- But they used... all tend to fall in that, ca either one of the, the two categories. One of the two categories. Okay. And the truth of the matter is typically you don't use a lot of herbs together in a mix. Okay, you typically use one, maybe two together, like basil and oregano, right? Or mm -hmm. rosemary and something else. But spices tend to be used in blends, which are known as curries. Uh, so you'll okay. use like coriander and black pepper and cardamom and so on and so forth all together in a blend. Told you it was highly tactical. Yeah, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> Go forward. <laughs> so let's do a little tasting. Uh, let's do a little, okay, let's do a little tasting, not a tasting, but a smell demonstration. So what we're going to do is I've got three spices and herbs here. Um, we're going to smell them, and I want you to describe, do you like it, and what does it remind you of, and uh, would you eat it? I'm nervous. Okay, or... You're just handing me these random things to smell. Well, it's, it's do you like it? My what, is it, what does it remind you of, do you like it, and does it build or diminish your appetite? Okay? I'm not responsible for how I react to these. I want you to react authentically. So... <laughs> We'll get the first one, so I'll give that a... So you're going to do this too. Okay. I'm going to do this too. This is not fair, so I'm giving it a whiff. So it's a... 
It's warm, it's spicy, it reminds me of, like tacos or Mediterranean food. Okay. <clears throat> and I like it and it builds my appetite. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. <coughs> okay, I do not like that. I think it smells like stinky feet. <laughs> and it eliminated my appetite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that'd be a big no from so you. So what was that? That was ground cumin. Okay, so that was a spice. Okay. Okay, so then we have our next one. So, all right, it's uh, it's... It's warm, but it's also sweet at the same time. It reminds me of like cinnamon rolls or hot chocolate the way I make it. And it builds my appetite. Hmm. I like it. It does smell sweet, but also smells a little spicy for some reason. Reminds me of cinnamon rolls and my childhood as well. And I would most definitely eat it. Okay. Would you say it builds your appetite? Or yes. Okay. I like that one. That one was cinnamon, I'm assuming. Roasted cinnamon. That's one of my favorites. Ooh, roasted. All right. So this next one is an herb. It's a ground herb. Okay. Smells kind of like... Uh... Now, one of the things about herbs is they change flavor as you cook them. So what they smell like dried is not necessarily what they smell like cooked. Okay. That could be kind of tricky. This one smells like like a basement to me. It smells musty. <laughs> I know because I know what it is that it's really good with grilled meats and things like that. But I personally, if I just smelled it, it does not build my appetite. And it's very musty. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, wow. Good. Now that you said it, it does smell like a damp basement. Doesn't it? <laughs> In the summertime, with yeah. the grass being cut outside, yeah, 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 that's kind yeah. of exactly what's what even like. more descriptive there. Um, it makes me want to sneeze. <laughs> Reminds me of allergies. <laughs> I would definitely not eat this if it was just the... The powder? Yeah, just the powder. It does not alone entice me. So, I don't even know besides so it's, uh, the it's, wet grass. It's smell. ground sage. I okay. really like ground sage with pork, chicken. You use it a lot with turkey and stuffing. I love turkey. A lot of people really don't know this, but sage and beef is just one of the unbelievably underrated combinations as far as I'm concerned. Um, so anyways, but you can see here this little illustrated example that here's three different things. And that depending on your reaction and their interactions, they're pretty complicated. You know, when you yeah. have the sage by itself... It smells like one thing. You add chicken to it and a little bit of water and all of a sudden it has a whole different warm, savory yeah, flavor. Yeah, now I'm thinking about Thanksgiving and right. my mouth is watering. Exactly, right? <laughs> but normally you wouldn't, you wouldn't smell sage and think, oh, this is a great smelling smell, right? So, but another thing we need to talk about with your sense of smell is this idea of pungency. I would actually say that all three of these smells were very pungent. Wouldn't you agree with that? They're very big, very heavy. They overwhelm your nose. I would say I would say so, but I would say even within the three, like the cumin was the most pungent. It was right. the most offensive to me. It was like very, very strong. The cinnamon, while it had a smell to it, it wasn't nearly as offensive to me. So it was a little more muted. And even though like the sage smelled like a, a wet basement, <laughs> it wasn't like oh, as overpowering as the cumin was. Sure. It wasn't as like in my face. It and was I, kind of like subtle. I understand that. Yeah. So pungency is this idea of 
not the quality of the smell. Does it smell nice or does it smell gross, right? right. That's subjective. Okay. It's the quantity of smell. It's an actual measurable amount. Like what is the actual density of the amount of smell molecules? Like how hard does it hit me in the face? <laughs> Basically. Okay, right. so they all hit me in the face pretty hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the idea... <laughs> Very classy way of describing it. I got punched in the face by the cumin. <laughs> <laughs> that was an understatement. <laughs> so pungency, and this really comes into play with cooking for people who are going through chemotherapy, it, it's, it's this idea that the stronger and more concentrated a smell is, the easier to be offended by it you are. Okay? Okay. Rotting trash. Oh. Qualitatively, subjectively, is gross, right? But the amount of smell is probably one of the most pungent and concentrated smell molecules right? oh it's the gross. summer right? oh yeah, yeah. but oh. roses you smell roses how far away can you smell roses from you have to be right on i a get rose. up on a, on a rose you gotta stick that nose all the way in there yeah, right I'm like because it's not very pungent they're the the smell molecules are very 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 loose they're not it's delicate it's very delicate so yeah. there's these delicate things and these heavy smells this is really important to think about when you're cooking for chemo because someone who's having problems with nausea might not be able to handle really pungent smells. Now this goes one way or the other, right? Some people do really well with cumin during chemo and other people do really poorly with cumin. And so this is that subjective qualitative aspect that you have to think about it. Do I like this? Do I not? We talked about doing the smell game. Right. And this is really where it comes into play is a smell game idea. Everyone's different. Because everyone's different. Yes. Yes. And if you take nothing away from this, and you just remember one thing, it's that everyone's different. And that's okay. Yeah. You know? And so that's basically how your sense of smell works. So so you can use it to build an appetite from a distance. You can use it to entice people from a distance with this cooking, with this food, this smell. See, as opposed to your, your sense of taste, your taste doesn't really build your appetite. Why? Because it's not from a distance. You have to physically put that food in your mouth to experience it. But your sense of smell... For example, I'll be cooking downstairs and you'll be watching TV upstairs. And if I'm cooking something good, you better believe your little nose comes sniffing. <laughs> I'm like... And you're like the dog. You and the dog can come... Can I taste it? Right. Can I taste it? Well, that's your job. <laughs> that was in our, our marriage contract, right? You know, official taste tester. You know, <laughs> good for better or for worse, right? Right. But that sense of smell, it builds that appetite from a distance. It gets you excited. It makes you want to go eat this thing. And that's what it does. And that's how we can use it. It's very powerful to... Build it as an ally, but it can also be your biggest enemy if you have smells that smell bad. You know, like if you don't shower, you smell like bo, right? And if right. you don't, and that might put you off. If your dog farts a lot, you know that might put you off. So your what appetite. you're saying is that, as far as like smell and chemotherapy are concerned, it it might not just only be the food in your house that Correct. you're cooking. It could also be other smells in your house as well that are causing you to lose your appetite. Exactly. Of food. Exactly. And one of the fascinating things about your sense of smell is that it can also induce one of the major chemotherapy side effects besides loss of appetite, right? You smell something, you're not, you don't have an appetite. Well, that's almost like a side effect of a, a bigger one called nausea. Oh. And that spinning, sinking, sick sensation, right? Yeah. Your sense of smell can actually induce that. And if you're not careful with what you're cooking and what you have in your house, you can actually be nauseous and nobody's hungry when they're nauseous. You no. No one plays like, pin no the thanks. tail on the donkey while eating chips, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's basically, in a nutshell, your sense of smell and how you use it. And that, you know, you use it to build your appetite or it can diminish. 
you got to think about pungency, and you got to think about what you like. Okay, so that's that's basically it. That's crazy. It's so important, and we just—it's something we don't really think about until it's a problem. It's—it's it's, that's how basic and fundamental eating is to the human experience. It's so basic that you don't even analyze it. All right, so we have a audience question, audience email. I think that's a major feature of the show, so I'm it glad is. we do. So we're going to wrap it up with a question. <laughs> <laughs> a question within a question or just a regular question? Just a regular question. Actually, I think there's two questions in this. Okay. Chef Ryan, I really like the taste of my food most of the time. That doesn't seem like a question. But so I'm getting there. Just <laughs> hold on. But sometimes there is a smell to certain foods that kill my appetite. How do I find the smell that is ruining my food and then what do I do about it? Okay, so my advice to this person would be very similar to the advice that I gave last week. Okay. Um, which is, you gotta play the smell game. It's non-optional, unfortunately, especially in a situation like this. You gotta figure out and identify, is it smell or is it taste? What item is it? I used that example a couple weeks ago of the lady who um, didn't like the cumin, right? We pinched her nose. And we the ate, chili, we yeah. ate the chili, right? She tasted it. The taste was great. And then we went through each individual ingredient and we smelled each individual ingredient until we found out that she did not like the smell of the cumin and that was what was doing it for her. So that is the system that you do it. You just step by step go through methodically, start by eating the food, by pinching your nose, and see if you find it delicious or if you find it offensive, okay? Then the next thing is, is that if you're, you can, if you can narrow out your sense of taste, then we can identify that it's probably your sense of smell, because that's where all the other complex flavors like mintiness and lemoniness and all these other things come from. Okay? The depth. The depth of the character of the dish. And then we just go through and we just pick up each individual ingredient, give it a sniff. I know that people think it's weird to sniff things, but it is your most powerful tool <laughs> in the entire world. Dogs walk, run around spending half their life sniffing things, and they're not idiots. I mean, some dogs are idiots, but <laughs> my dog's not an idiot. You know, they're getting something from it. Pete, nobody, no, no one and nothing does anything for no reason. They're trying to learn they're information. They're learning information. Yeah. There's complicated information to be discerned from smell. So if you sniff a chicken, right, you're, you're roasting the chicken and it smells gross to you, there's probably something either in that chicken or the chicken itself that smells bad. And you can just omit that and move on to the next ingredient, okay? So what you're saying is, is go through the process, each ingredient by yep. each ingredient, and then if when you find that thing that's offensive... Just don't use it. Exactly. Can write you it, substitute write it? Write it down in a journal okay. and omit it. And okay. then if you need a savory characteristic or an aromatic characteristic, start using other herbs and spices that you that you like. So for example, not a lot of people find rosemary offensive, right? So if you find sage offensive, but you need something that gives you that warmth and that savory characteristic and that, that boldness, substitute the sage for rosemary, okay? They're two very similar flavors, two very similar functions. But if sage is putting you off your game, try rosemary. And if rosemary is not keep is, is helping you build your appetite, use that in your cooking. If you don't like the smell of mushrooms, don't cook with mushrooms. Use something else. Okay, okay? that makes so much sense. It's it's really quite simple. It's it's it's. It's just a lot of legwork to figure out exactly what's going to work for you. I feel like sometimes people just need permission to say, no, I don't like mushrooms. No, I don't like the smell of sage. Don't put it in my food. I, like people are just so polite. They just let it happen instead I think of so too. saying, I, no, I don't like it. I think especially in cancer, people, well, the listener and people in general, you need to be granted permission to be picky. 
and you are allowed to be the brattiest, snottiest five-year-old who only wants dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets and won't eat regular-shaped chicken nuggets because they don't taste the well, same. Well, there's a way to communicate that. <laughs> yes, there is. There's yes. an, an effective and appropriate adult way to communicate it. Yes. But what I'm saying is, it's okay to be picky because it's more important for you to be picky and eat than to be polite and starve to death. Right, exactly. And that's what we don't want. So on that note, that's all for this episode of the Cooking for Chemo podcast. Remember, you can get all this information and more on our website, cookingforchemo.org, along with our gourmand award-winning cookbook, Cooking for Chemo and After. I'm Jesse Callahan. And I'm Chef Ryan Callahan. Thanks for listening.